You are listening to the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. We are finally at College Football National Championship Week. Got that game coming up on Monday. Also got Super Wild Card Weekend coming up in the NFL. So lots of football, you know, coming down to the wire. Going to be some great games there. And as always, you know, we got college basketball. Great season so far this year. You know, we're doing very well um, in college basketball betting, especially since the New Year's hit here, you know. Uh, doing extremely well with those picks. So be talking a little bit about all of that in this episode. But before we get into that, let's take a look back at how the picks did this week. So starting off um, on January 5th, on Tuesday when the uh, last podcast was um, uploaded, the first game we had, we had Toledo minus one versus Kent State. Now Toledo, I think, ended up being like a three-point underdog, you know, two and a half, something like that. Um, and while they did end up winning this game, and we did cover, you know, they win by two, 84 to 80. The 82, um, you know, so close game for our line, but, you know, a lot of you probably by the time you heard it and whatnot were able to get a better number than that. So, you know, Spencer Littleson puts up 26 points for Toledo, and Toledo just shot the ball from three very well, 46.4% from three. Um, and, you know, I didn't get to watch a whole lot of that game. It was kind of an early one, but um, from what I saw, Toledo looked pretty good. I've been on Toledo a couple times this year, and, you know, they're kind of just, just been a wagon. Um, but the next game we had, <laughs> not quite the same scenario. We had Winthrop minus 14 and a half versus Charleston Southern. Um, and while they did cover um, that basically exact same spread the day before in their Monday game, not so lucky um, for Tuesday's game. Winthrop ends up winning, but only by two points, 78 to 76. Um, Charleston Fadden puts up uh, 17 port for Winthrop, but Winthrop just kind of struggled to shoot the three, only hitting 30%. Charleston Southern hit 40%, so kind of hard to get too much of a lead when you can't hit the three ball, especially with a 14 and a half point spread. So I ended up going one and one for Tuesday's picks. Um, now moving on to Wednesday, unfortunately, we had a, quite a few cancellations on Wednesday, um, so we ended up only having one play on Wednesday's card. Um, and that was a late game. We had Utah State minus 13 and a half versus New Mexico. Utah State ends up winning this game easily, 77 to 45. Utah State, though, um, about 10 minutes into the first half there, just went on a huge run and really never gave any points back to New Mexico in that one. Um, so just a great win there for that Utah State team. Um, you know, that with that win, Utah State has now won seven in a row after a one and three start to the season. Um, they just shot extremely well in this game, 49.1% from the field compared to New Mexico, only 26.8% from the field. So definitely good to get that win there um, and have another profitable day in college basketball. Um, now, as far as Thursday's picks go, um, the games are actually still in progress as I record this. So I don't know the results, but they're always up on the website. Um, we have Cincinnati minus five and a half for Cincinnati and UCLA minus one against Arizona State. So definitely, I mean, by the time you're hearing this, you know what happened in those games, but definitely take a look at the website. Um, to see the updated standings as far as that goes. But that about wraps that up for the picks from the last podcast. Not a whole lot of action. Um, a lot of cancellations. You know, college basketball is just weird this year. So got to roll with it and just see what happens. Um, but speaking of college basketball, let's get into a little bit of news that we have this week. Um, Drake, with their win on Monday night, um, is now 13-0 and on the season. I believe they're 10-0. No, I think 11-0. I think it's 11-0 against the spread um, is that official line there. And, you know, this Drake team, I've watched, I, I don't know how many of the games. I think I've bet on seven them seven times so far this season. You know, watched them, watched all those games. And they're just a good team, you know, in the Missouri Valley. You know, they're going to have a tough test coming up this weekend 
um, against Loyola Chicago. Hint, hint, probably be on that again. You know, we're betting every game on Drake. Um, and they've just been, they've made me a ton of money. They're just a fun team to watch. And while, you know, kind of everyone's on them this year, um, it's kind of like teams that I've had in the past. You know, last year I was really high on Furman. Made a lot of money betting Furman last year. The year before, made a lot of money betting Toledo. So that's kind of this Drake team this year. Luckily, we got in, or like North Florida last year, we made a ton of money betting North Florida because we got in on that super early. We got in on this Drake team super early. So got to keep riding them until we get out of here. Um, but one conference that we have this year that is a very strong from top to bottom, or even just top heavy, you know, is the Big 12. Um, you know, the Big 12 is more than likely going to send seven teams um, to the tournament this year. You know, Texas is looking really good. Kansas um, isn't, I mean, it's Kansas, so they're, <laughs> they're going to be at the tournament, basically. Baylor's a great team. Texas Tech, not bad at all. Um, and then, you know, Oklahoma is doing whatever. Oklahoma State, you know, as of right now, they are um, still technically um, in, the <laughs> in the tournament. Um, their appeal hasn't Forced them out. I don't know. Since they're they they got the postseason ban, but then the appeal made it so that they while it's being appealed, they can still play. So we'll see what happens. See if they end up getting left out of the tournament. But I would kind of guess with Cade Cunningham, the NCAA will just you know kind of let that one slide, and we will see Oklahoma State um, in the tournament this year. Um, and then the last team we have from the Big Twelve that we're going to be seeing this year, West Virginia. West Virginia is by far my favorite team. Um, in the Big 12 this year, you know, Texas is looking really good, but I think Bob Huggins um, in West Virginia is probably going to end up making the most noise um, out of all the Big 12 teams come March. Um, and as far as, you know, Iowa State, uh, Kansas State, TCU go, um, while they're not having, they're, I mean, they can't really show credit. None of those teams are having good seasons, and they're probably, probably going to end up missing out on <laughs> March Madness, um, you would have to assume. Um, but one team... That everyone, I don't know that everyone likes, but maybe everyone likes. Either like them or you don't, and that's Iowa. <laughs> Iowa, you know, they're, they've struggled to put together wins here of recent. You know, they've won some games, but they've really struggled in others. Um, and Luca Garza just hasn't looked nearly as polished or, I guess, you know, just not as great um, as he had sometimes in the past there. But, you know, the Big Ten this year, and especially we saw last year, it just kind of ate itself alive. You know, we had a... Uh, was it a two-way tie? Two or it might have been a three-way tie. I can't even. I honestly can't even remember who. I know Wisconsin and was it Iowa and maybe Illinois. Um, I don't remember if they all ended up tying or if we had split it. I don't remember. Maryland was up there too. Can't I honestly can't remember what happened last year. But that's kind of the same thing that's kind of going on this year. Um, you know, we got a lot of a lot of competition in the Big Ten. You know, you can't forget about Rutgers. I mean, Rutgers has been an amazing basketball team. This year, you know, Michigan State's always good. Michigan's always going to put up a fight. Um, and either teams like Northwestern are always are, are still winning games and still um, making noise in the Big Ten. So if you're a Big Ten team this year, um, Big Ten's probably going to send quite a few teams to the tournament. You know, last year they probably would have sent eight, nine, maybe even ten teams um, to the tournament. So it'll be interesting to see how many teams, you know, with the Big 12 so good and with the Big Ten so good, how many teams both those conference end up sending um, but now let's take a little look at some of the not so great conferences this year. Um, one of those, I don't know that I want to say not so great, but just, I guess, powerhouse wise, SEC, um, Kentucky, well, they, I'm, I guess they're not eliminated from the, the, the tournament because I guess you're never technically eliminated until your conference tournament is over, but they're not looking good. Um, but one team that is looking good in the SEC, one team that I really like in the SEC this year has been Missouri. Missouri has made a lot of noise um, in the SEC this year. And, you know, while it's not like old Missouri, you know, when playing um, Kansas and all those games, they're definitely they're definitely a fun team to watch. You know, I watched their game on uh, 
I think it was last Saturday. Um, who were they? I don't even remember who they were playing now. But they were they looked really good. Arkansas, that was it. Uh, Missouri, Arkansas, that game. Missouri looked really good. You know, Arkansas um, is also a good team. So definitely Missouri, one team that you got to watch going in um, to this you know rest of this college basketball season. Um, but that's enough about some of that college basketball news. Some of my thoughts on the season. Let's get into this week's uh, picks for the podcast. Starting out on Friday, January eighth. Um, we got two plays for Friday. The first game we got, we got Little Rock, uh, or yeah, Arkansas Little Rock, um, minus three versus Louisiana. Um, Little Rock comes into this game as the 111th ranked team in the hot tip bet rankings. Louisiana 190. Uh, Little Rock 6-3 and three on the season. Louisiana 7-2 and two on the season. Um, and, you know, while this Louisiana team has played pretty well, they actually, when you look at their stats, kind of dive deeper. They haven't shot the ball um, that well at all. You know, only making 27.2% of their shots from three, only a 48 effective field goal percentage. Um, while Little Rock, on the other hand, you know, making 39.4% of their shots from three, a 57.6 effective field goal percentage. Um, and they've also just done a great job pulling um, um, balls off the offensive board, you know, rebounding an uh, offensive rebound percentage of 32.8% compared to Louisiana, yeah, Louisiana's um, 30, 28.1%. Um, and they're just a super well-rounded offense for that Little Rock team. You know, 87th in offensive efficiency, while Louisiana 239 in offensive efficiency. Um, you know, we were on this Little Rock team the other day against UT Arlington. Um, and they looked really good in that game. Even though, I, I don't actually, I don't remember if they covered it or not. But anyway, as a team, I, I can't remember what the result of that game was at all. But I remember watching that game and thinking this team is actually a good team. Um, you know, they're just, they're going to put it together. So they can little rock minus three in that one. Um, and the second pick that we got on Friday, we got Florida international taking on middle Tennessee. FIU comes into this game as the 163rd ranked team in the hot pit rankings, middle Tennessee, two Oh one, um, FIU is seven and three on the season. Middle Tennessee only two and four. Um, you know, this Middle Tennessee kind of made their a name for themselves um, a few years ago, you know, making a couple tournaments there in a row, you know, kind of, you know, making some noise. Um, but they really, as of late, have not been playing nearly as well. You know, this season so far, only shooting 29.7% from three, 686 from the free throw line with only an effective field goal percentage of 435 um, FIU on the other hand, 38.3% from three, 73.3% from the free throw line. An effective field goal percentage of 56.2. And FIU just doing an amazing job, not turning the ball over, only turning it over on 21.2% of their possessions, while Middle Tennessee 24.7. Um, and FIU offensive rebounding 31.7%, um, while Middle Tennessee, Middle Tennessee only 23.8%. So definitely like FIU, you know, offensive efficiency 121 compared to Middle Tennessee's 305. Um, and, you know, with FIU only being um, a pick em in this game, um, I definitely like FIU to go ahead and take care of business and win that game outright. Um, so that about wraps it up for Friday's picks. Moving on to Saturday, January 9th. It's a very, you know, so far this season, we've had a lot of a lot of Saturdays where it just doesn't feel like necessarily the college basketball season. You know, we don't have we don't have full slates, but I can honestly say when I was uh, previewing this slate for a Saturday, it feels like we are now in the heart of college basketball season, and which makes sense. You know, college football is now officially over, so, you know, a lot more college basketball is on TV and whatnot, um, but it just feels like a, a packed slate, and starting off that packed slate, we got an early game. We got Miami taking on NC State, um, NC State's uh, six-point favorites, in uh, according to the Ken Palm look ahead in that one. Miami comes into this game. 
um, is the 105th ranked team in the hot tip at rankings. Um, NC State 45. NC State is six and two on the season. Miami four and three on the season. And one thing that this um, since the NC State team has just done really well is not turning the ball over. Only turning it over on 17.3% of their possessions. Miami turning it over on 20.6 of theirs. Miami also not shooting nearly as well. 27.1 from three. A 47.3 effective field goal percentage. While NC State. 37% from three and a 54.6 effective field goal percentage. Um, and NC State, just a more well-rounded offense, 78th in adjusted offensive efficiency, while Miami 104 in adjusted offensive efficiency. So I definitely like taking NC State, um, laying the points in that one. Um, the next game we got on Saturday, got UMBC taking on um, New Hampshire. UMBC comes in as 194. In the uh, hot tip at rankings, New Hampshire 208. Um, and UNBC, you know, 7-2 and two on the season. New Hampshire only 4-3. and three. This UNBC team, um, you know, everyone knows who UNBC is now after they beat Virginia and whatnot. But UNBC has had a pretty decent season so far this year. Shooting the ball extremely well, you know. 35.9% um, from three with an effective field goal percentage of 52.4. Um, while New Hampshire only 28.6 from three with an effective field goal percentage of 43.6. Um, and, you know, New Hampshire has kind of just struggled at times this year to close out games and, you know, to really win the ones that matter. Um, and that's kind of what UMBC has been really good at this year is just kind of closing those out, winning games, putting up points when they need to put up points. Um, and that's why I like them in this game. You know, they're 233 in offensive efficiency, which isn't the greatest in the country, obviously. But New Hampshire, 308 offensive efficiency. So slightly better. Give them the edge on that one. So definitely like UMBC to cover the spread in that game. Now the next game we got, we got a big time. I guess you call it big time. We got we have an SEC so showdown. Actually, I don't know if you would call it big time. We got Kentucky taking on Florida. Florida um, is favorite in that game. Um, Kentucky is the comes into this game is the 44th ranked team in the hot tip at rankings, which in hindsight is probably too high even as of now for this Kentucky team. But Florida comes in as the 18th ranked team, um, which could be honestly a little low. Uh, it could be even higher than that, I believe. Um, but Florida is five and two on the season. Kentucky three and six on the season. Um, and Florida has just been playing really good basketball as of late, you know, 37.5% from three. Um, hitting 73.4 from the free throw line, while Kentucky, on the other hand, 29.9% from three, only hitting 67.6% or 67.6% uh, 60, yeah, um, from the free throw line. And Florida's a better effective field goal um, percentage with 55%, Kentucky 45.8%, um, and really Florida is a well more more well-rounded offense, 23% adjusted offensive efficiency. Well, Kentucky just not a good team all around at all, you know, only 82 offensive efficiency. So definitely like Florida um, to cover that spread in that one. Now the next game we got, we got a West Coast Conference showdown. We got Santa Clara taking on St. Mary's. Um, now this is a, a pretty good big game, you know, West Coast Conference, one of my favorite conferences to watch. Santa Clara comes into this game as the 127th ranked team in the hot tip at rankings. St. Mary's 74. Um, both these teams come in with two losses. St. Mary's, though, with nine wins. Santa Clara only with six wins. Um, St. Mary's, you know, this team has kind of prided themselves on being a team in the past that, you know, plays aggressively offensive basketball, you know, shooting a lot of threes and whatnot. You know, coming into this one, making 32.9% uh, of their threes uh, with 74.1 from the free throw line and an effective field goal percentage of 51.2. While Santa Clara, on the other hand, not good at all from three, only hitting 20.8% of their shots from three. I'm um, only 61.7 from the free throw line and only an effective field goal percentage of 42.7. Um, so, you know, the St. Mary's team, just a more 
more balanced offense, you know, with an 86% adjusted offensive efficiency. Santa Clara, 233 adjusted offensive efficiency. So I definitely like St. Mary's um, to get that one, uh, to cover that one in that game. And now the final play to round out a very packed um, Saturday slate. We got Cal Baptist taking on Utah Valley. Uh, Cal Baptist comes into this one as 288th ranked team in uh, the hot tip at rankings. Utah Valley, though, 324 in the hot tip at rankings. Um, again, both these teams coming in with two losses. Cal Baptist um, accompanying that with three wins. Utah Valley with five wins. Um, and Cal Baptist, just another team that's really just kind of shot the ball extremely well this season. 38% from three compared to Utah Valley's 30.4%. Um, you know, Cal Baptist is really good from the charity strike, hitting 74.6% of their free throws uh, compared to Utah Valley, 609 Um, And also just a, a really good job shooting from the field, 52.8 effective field goal percentage. Well, Utah Valley, 48.8 effective field goal percentage. Um, you know. But one thing that really stuck out to me about this Cal Baptist team is their ability to grab the ball um, off the offensive board, rebounding um, offensive rebound on 37.8% of their possessions, while Utah Valley only grabbing 26.5% of theirs. So I definitely like Cal Baptist um, to cover that one and to get that game done um, to close out Saturday's card. Now moving on to Sunday, January 10th. We got a heavy, heavy day of Missouri Valley basketball. Actually, all three of the plays <laughs> um, for Sunday's card come out of the Missouri Valley. So definitely an interesting day there. But the first one we got, we got Southern Illinois taken on Indiana State. Now, the Southern Illinois team comes into this game 7-3 and three on the season. Indiana State 36, or <laughs> 36 on the season, 3-6 and six on the season. Um, you know, the Southern Illinois team... Two of those three losses were to Drake um, last week, uh, last weekend, which they didn't look great, um, especially in that second game. They really didn't look very good at all. But they're still, a, from watching them play, I mean, they're not a terrible team, you know. They um, have shot the ball pretty well, 39.8% from three with an effective field goal percentage of 53.3. Indiana State, on the other hand, while not horrible at 32.9, three-point and a 47 effective field goal percentage, it just doesn't quite compare um, on that one and you know the uh, <laughs> this Indiana State team is turning the ball over um, not very they're turning it all over quite a bit 20.5% of their possessions um, while Southern Illinois only turning it over on 17.7% of theirs um, and you know the Southern Illinois team while they don't have you know both these offenses are pretty much equal you know 174 offense adjusted offensive efficiency for Southern Illinois 169 for Indiana State but you know pretty even matchup here but I do think that Southern Illinois um has the slight edge and with the points i think they will cover that spread in this game um, so moving on to the second game on the card we got missouri state taking on valparaiso uh, missouri state comes into this one as the 139th ranked team in the hot tip at rankings um actually i think i have that backwards i think they're <laughs> i think valpo is 139 and missouri state is what 54 but anyway missouri state uh, six and one on the season. Valpo five and three on the season. Um, and Missouri State has been shooting the ball. Another team very well. Um, Thirty-five point four from three, sixty-two point two from through, and uh, effective field goal percentage of fifty-seven point seven. Valpo on the other hand, twenty-six point three from three with a fifty-four percent from two and a forty-seven point eight effective field goal percentage. Um, and both and um, one thing about Missouri State's team, just a very good job on offense. One hundred eleventh in offensive efficiency. While Valpo, um, 219th and adjusted um, offensive efficiency. So definitely like Missouri State um, to get the job done 
in that game. And the final game that we have on this slate of college basketball, um, the final card or the final game for Sunday's card, we got Loyola Chicago taking on Drake. Um, now they both these teams come into this game pretty evenly matched. You know, Loyola Chicago seven and two on the season, drank thirteen and zero on the season. Um, and while I, you know, I could try to make some points about Drake, you know, how they're shooting the ball better from three, you know, 43.5% from three, Loyola Chicago only 38.7% from three, or how Drake's better effective field goal percentage of 59.6 while Loyola Chicago 58.7, or even I could talk about how their, uh, Drake's rebounding the ball better on offense was a 36.4 offensive rebounding percentage compared to Loyola Chicago's 25.6, or, you know, we could even touch on Drake's offensive, adjusted offensive efficiency of 46 percent or 46 not percent uh 46 in the country and compared to Loyola Chicago's 59th in the country but let's be honest none of that matters at this point because one thing matters for this Drake team and that's the fact that they are 11 and 0 against the spread this season um and while we have not been on every one of those games we've been on seven of them so seven and oh with betting on Drake so far this season there's no reason for me not to bet on Drake at this point you know Eventually, when Drake fails to cover a spread sometime this season, then we'll reassess and, you know, figure out what if we if Drake's a valuable team and if we need to keep betting on him. But at this point, they've just been a complete cash cow for me. There is no point. I guess I see none whatsoever um, not to just blindly bet on this Drake team. So I think Drake easily covers the spread just like they have all year. I think they easily win this game. So I am on Drake once again um, this season to close out Sunday's card. Um, now, as far as Monday goes, um, officially now no games or no plays um, uh, to announce on the podcast. Uh, we'll see how that Drake game goes on Sunday. If Drake ends up covering the spread on Sunday, um, then you can basically expect me to have be on Drake again on Monday. But I'll, obviously I'll put that on the website, on Twitter and whatever. But they're just Monday's card is just really small. I think there was like 10 games, if that, something. It was super small because of obviously the college football national championship. So, you know, there's not going to be a ton of games getting played on that money Monday. But if Drake is playing, you can bet that I will be betting on them if they are still undefeated against the spread. So that about closes it out um, for college basketball on this episode. So let's take a look at what the NFL um, looks like going into Super Wild Card Weekend. So the Browns the last few weeks, you know, have been having some uh, COVID situations. Um, you know, they had uh, their wide receivers were out the other week and the corners were out. And it appears that coming up for this wild card game, they are going to be without majority of the coaching staff. So it'll definitely be interesting to see um, what happens to this uh, uh, this Browns team come this weekend. And, you know, uh, you can make the argument that basically any other season in Browns history, um, at least the last 20 seasons, um, <laughs> having no coaches on the field probably would have been better than having coaches. Uh, but the one time that you actually have coaches that are competent and, um, <laughs> and know how to coach football, they're not going to be able to be on the field for your playoff game. So definitely sucks for the Browns. Um, but look at it this way, Browns. They were more than likely not going to win the Super Bowl. So at least this way, if you lose on Sunday, you have an excuse built into the game on why you lost. So definitely got to look at that on the pri- on the pl- on the the positive side if you're a Browns fan. Um, and one thing that we've seen so far in this, I guess you'd call it NFL offseason, you know, um, all the teams who are looking to make moves are starting to make moves. 
and whatnot. So you can kind of call it an offseason if you want to. But Deshaun Watson, there's been a lot of trade rumors, even some stupid trade rumors. I saw people, a bunch of Cardinals fans saying like, oh, Deshaun Watson, <laughs> trade him directly for Kyler Murray. One, I don't know that if the Texans would even do that. And two, obviously, honestly, I would I would rather have Kyler Murray. I have never been a Deshaun Watson guy. I never really Never really liked him. Never thought he was the guy necessarily. Um, definitely all in on Kyler. But, you know, Deshaun Watson, it'll be interesting to see if he does end up getting traded or what ends up happening. Um, you know, I've heard, you know, kind of some potential landing spots that make sense. You know, you see the Jets maybe um, without, uh, since they're not going to be getting um, um, Trevor Lawrence anymore. You know, the Jets are definitely a potential landing spot. But to be honest, I think I would rather almost just draft Justin Fields. Um, at this point, then, you know, trade away whatever you'd have to give up in order to get to Sean Watson. Um, you know, the Bears could potentially be an option, um, but that just seems like chasing something that's really not there if you are the Bears. At that point, if you're the Bears, I think it's just time to move on from Mitch and Mitch and Foles and just start completely over rather than trying, trying to chase after a guy like Deshaun Watson. But one team that kind of makes sense, um, at least on paper anyway, is the Patriots, you know. Um, with the Cam Newton experiment basically being over for the Patriots, I could see Deshaun Watson kind of filling in and fitting in with Bill Belichick um, up there. But who knows what ends up happening there. Um, but one quarterback that we know that will be starting um, for the 2021 season is Tua for the Miami Dolphins, which is I, I this this whole scenario, Brian Flores and not Brian Flores. Um, yeah, Brian Flores. That just sounds wrong, but it's his plan. Anyway. Tua starting for the Dolphins um, for next season. I, I just don't get it. I don't know what the Dolphins are doing. If you're going to start Tua, which I think you should, why the hell did you keep putting Ryan Fitzpatrick back in the game? If Tua is your franchise guy, which you took him at the fourth overall pick, so clearly you think he is, let him play. Let him make mistakes. It's the only way he's going to learn on the field. He has to be on the field in order to learn how to play football better. So, yeah, I, I just don't understand what the Dolphins are doing. So, glad to see Tua is the starter. We'll see how many times this changes before the before the week one of next season. But as of right now, Dolphins have named Tua as their starting quarterback. Um, but that's enough about NFL news. Let's look at the picks for this upcoming weekend. Um, so, we actually got one pick for each day on the card. Starting off on Saturday, um, the first game we got, we got the Colts taking on the Bills. Bills six and a half point favorites in this one. Um, Colts come into this game at eleven and five and eight and eight against the spread. Bills come in at thirteen and three and eleven and five against the spread. Um, and this Colts team, well, they've been all right this season. They've kind of just been a team that I just haven't haven't been a huge fan of the entire season. Um, you know, putting up twenty eight point one nine points per game while the Bills thirty one point three one points per game. You know, um, Josh Allen's definitely got this team. Moving up and down the field with ease, you know, 288.88 passing yards per game um, for Josh Allen compared to that to Phillip Rivers, only 253.31, which obviously isn't horrible and it's putting up points. But in the playoffs, I think Josh Allen will have an advantage there because let's be honest, Phillip Rivers really doesn't have much. Yeah, while he's a veteran quarterback, obviously, the playoff wise. Both these teams or both these players are pretty even as far as um, playoff experience goes. And the Colts, you know, only 31.06 time of possession compared to the Bills, 31 um, minutes and 45 seconds time of possession. So definitely like the Bills, especially if you can, um, you know, with that at six and a half, I've even seen six in some places. So, you know, keeping that at um, under that touchdown spread um, for this game, I definitely like the Bills. So that would be the play for that one. Bills minus six and a half. Um, now moving on to Sunday of wildcard weekend, the game we got for this one, we got the Ravens taking on the Titans. 
Um, Ravens come into this game at 11 and five on the season and 10, five and one against the spread Titans, 11 and five and seven and six against the spread. Um, and while I started the season, obviously I didn't really like either of these teams <laughs> starting the season off. You know, I thought they were both kind of frauds. And one of these teams throughout the season has proven to be a fraud. And to me, that's the Baltimore Ravens. I think the Tennessee Titans are a legit football team. I, you know, I'll be the first to admit it. I definitely hated on Derrick Henry. I'm just not, I've never been a huge Derrick Henry fan, um, really ever. But this year, he, he continued to have a great year. I thought he was probably going to have a one and done year after, done year after last year. But I mean, let's be honest, he's, he's a MVP contender, um, so far or to finish the season off here you know the titans have put up 30.69 points per game ravens putting up 20 um 9.25 so the titans do have the slight edge in that one but um passing us per game or the titans are really doing even with yeah while they got a great run game with derrick henry um Tannehill has also been throwing the ball through the air very well 228.31 passing yards per game compared to the ravens only 171.19 um and you know this game really comes down to i think it's it's more sure it's Tannehill um versus Lamar but it's kind of more Derrick Henry versus Lamar and I'm taking Derrick Henry um any day of the week you know the Ravens turn it over 1.13 times per game Titans have only turned it over 0.7 points per game and Titans have really just done a great job limiting stupid mistakes 5.38 penalties for 48.94 yards while the Ravens 65 6.5 penalties for 60.06 yards so I'm going to be taking the Titans um plus three to close up super wild card weekend um, now let's finish up, talk a little bit about what you're <laughs> probably looking for here, a little bit about the college football national championship before we get into the national championship though. Um, well, there hasn't been a whole lot of news since a lot of pa- last podcast <laughs> in college football, a couple of things have happened. Um, one of, and probably one of the more exciting things, Devonta Smith, the first wide receiver to win the Heisman trophy since Desmond Howard, um, definitely well-deserved. He was the guy, he was by far my choice. Um, for it, I thought I was hoping that you know him and Mac Jones weren't going to split too many votes, um, and clearly they didn't. I think, by the way, I believe Mac Jones ended up coming in third, Kyle Trask fourth, um, and obviously Trevor Lawrence coming in second. And while Trevor Lawrence, don't get me wrong, um, great quarterback, it would have been more of a um, I guess the, the college achievement award if he would have won it. Um, it's kind of crazy to think of the fact that um, Trevor Lawrence lost two games as a starter um for the Clemson Tigers and never won the Heisman Trophy um just kind of crazy to think but you know just kind of how his career all um unfolded there was never a a great opportunity for him to do that but definitely props to Devonta Smith for picking it up for the wide receivers it's nice especially to see I mean it's always great to see a non-quarterback win you know when the running backs and stuff win but to see a wide receiver win is very rare um especially in college football today um you know we almost saw it in 2003 Larry Fitzgerald Definitely deserved it more than Jason White. Um, I mean, who the hell is Jason White? No one gives a fuck about Jason White. <laughs> but definitely got robbed. Definitely not biased on that one at all. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but uh, definitely deserved that. So definitely props to Vonta Smith um, for picking that up. Now, as far as the national championship goes, um, Ohio State has, um, you know, I guess pushed for postponement or something it's been discussed um because of some COVID issues that their team has um experienced as of right now it appears the game is still being um scheduled to kick off on monday um i believe january 11th is the date on that one so um we're going off that we're making the pick for the game on this podcast since that'll be this is the last podcast before the game is scheduled to kick so have to wait and see what happens there but let's get into it um 
getting into the national championship game. We got Ohio State taking on Alabama. Ohio State, eight-point underdogs in this one. Uh, both these teams come into this game undefeated. Ohio State at 7-0, and Alabama at 12-0. and um, Alabama's done a little bit better job this season covering the spread, 8-4, and while Ohio State 4-3 and on the season. Um, but one thing about both these teams that really has you know shown through this year is just explosive offenses. And that's made known, especially by their yards per game. You know, Ohio State, 545.86 yards per game. Alabama, 535 yards a game, which are both extremely high numbers, even for college football, you know, even for the era we're in. Um, and Alabama, one thing that they've kind of struggled with compared to Ohio State is just staying on the field. You know, time of possession, not a, not the greatest of statistics, but it definitely does matter. You know, Alabama only 30 um, minutes 22 seconds time of possession compared to Ohio State's 33 minutes and 42 seconds time of possession. Um, and Ohio State, their defense, on the other hand, has done a great job um, for getting takeaways, making other teams turn the ball over. 2.57 turn uh, takeaways per game compared to Alabama's 1.83 takeaways per game. Um, and Ohio State is only allowing 22 points per game compared to Alabama's 19 points per game. And, you know, while this game is... Is gonna. I feel like it's gonna be pretty close. I don't think it's gonna be a blowout for Alabama like they think. You know, I definitely um, like this Ohio State team, and I think getting eight points, you know, staying above that touchdown, it's an easy bet on Ohio State. You gotta take the points. So play for this one is Ohio State plus eight, and that about wraps it up for episode nineteen of the Hot Tip Bets podcast. If you haven't already checked out the computer model picks on the website, go over there. I got horse racing picks up. College basketball, you know, got the college football national championship, going to have NFL playoffs up there, um, got the NBA up there with the season going on, you know, NHL season getting ready to kick off or skate off. I don't know what the uh, <laughs> that puck drop off. Who knows? What the <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a big hockey fan, but there will be picks for the NHL um, um, starting next week. So definitely take a look about that on the website. Um, you know, college basketball rankings drop every Monday on the website. You know, when we got the NBA up there, the NHL should be up there by the time the season starts. You know, I just kind of kind of dropping those as the new seasons roll out because it's kind of a, a hard thing to uh, try to drop midseason and try to show all that. So going to have those up there on the website soon. Um, and yeah, full results for the webs or for the computer model picks are always up on the website and the podcast picks kind of just redid all that um, to make it a little bit easier to sort, hopefully. Um, still looking, uh, still kind of working on that. So definitely expect that to be updated, um, and fully running here in the next couple of days. And yeah, make sure you're following hot tip bet, Chris on Twitter and Instagram, make sure you're following the hot tip bets account on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Snapchat, any other place that I might be forgetting, make sure you're following it everywhere, um, to stay up to date on all the picks and all the happenings in the hot tip bets world. And yeah, that about wraps it up for this episode of the podcast and I'll see you all next week.